Today is May 15th, and we will be joined by Lindsay Adler of The Athletic to talk some Yankees, talk some Cashman, talk some baseball. Let's talk Yankees. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Yanks. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jimmy. I have Jake with me. Producer BBD is here, and we will be joined by Lindsay Adler. We just got off the phone with her to talk about Cashman's updates. We talked about some cooking, some YouTube videos, a lot of Yankee stuff. Jake, how are you? Hi, James. I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, always, always love our friend Lindsay joining us. Um, and I think Talking Yanks Nation does too, because it's it is that healthy dose of we're going to talk some Yankees and we will talk non-Yankee stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, special shout out to our guy, uh, Doc Booch. Help, help me out with my back today. He's a, he's a talking Yanks lifer. Um, he's, he's the goat. And, uh, yeah. How, how are you? I had to get to Doc Booch. I might start. My body has welcomed my mattress. You know, it doesn't hurt anymore. That's good. Yeah, I still hate the match. It's not like comfortable, you know, but right. now I feel like I have less reason to get a new one. So it's kind of a bummer, but whatever. That, that's a relief, though, dude. That stuff's a mess. Like, I think I the other day I was like, I think we we're talking about maybe getting like a new bed frame thing. And like the price number I heard on it was like, OK, we're not getting one. Oh, yeah. Furniture's crazy expensive. It's crazy. expensive. Yeah, the bed sucks, though. Um, it's so hard. If you like a hard bed, get the bed I got. If you don't, don't get it. Boom. We, we might have to bed swap. I'm a, I'm a firm bed guy and I, I think ours is too cushy. Yeah. We'll talk after. What size bed is you? Um, I think we're queen. Mm, we're king. Damn. We went to that, uh, that wedding we went to in Vermont. Nick's wedding. Right. There was a king size bed. Maine. Same place. Went to, it was a king size bed. And after we slept in that bed for those three nights or whatever, I told Katie we're getting a king size bed when we get to New York. It's just amazing. Yeah. I can roll over Not and actually. say hi to her if I want. Otherwise, I can go full starfish on my own side. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we got Lindsay Adler, and uh, hopefully the audio is pretty good. It was, uh, there's some white noise when we were recording, but maybe editor Zach fixed it. Maybe not. Here you go. Here's Lindsay. Enjoy. Back to back, <laughs> belly to belly. We are joined by Lindsay Adler, the author of her new book, Breadwinners, the story of one person creating different breads through the pandemic. Lindsay, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm healthy. Okay. That's about huge. Right? Yeah. I'll take it. Breadwinners is a great, great name that has to exist already. Like a master baker who got rich from his bakery breadwinner book. 
Red winner. If not, I'll you should do it, it Lindsay. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll take the royalties. What's the latest bread you baked? Mm, actually, I've mostly been working on puff pastry and croissant dough, and it has been awful. And before that, I was working on making more complex sourdough with like a higher water percentage, and that was also going poorly. And I am in like an incredible like seven attempts at baking slump and now i really actually understand what it's like for players to have me like go to them and be like why can't you hit right now because i just keep thinking to myself why can't i bake right now so i am baking poorly and gaining new perspective that's awesome so like if a player's like hey you never played the game don't tell me about it and you're like hold up i bake Mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. all about bad batting averages and uh, the life of making out more than success. That's great. I might start baking just so I can drop that. It's really fun just to practice failure over and over and over and over. I really love it. That that was I think that was Jake's life with the the Jeff Passon yeah. dance. That's that's uh failing over and over and over has accidentally been my life and I'm not as big of a fan, but I'm glad you're enjoying it up to this point. Um, what, uh, what, what else is good, Lindsay? How are, how are you, uh, spiritually, emotionally, pandemically? You're, are, uh, you've found kind of a routine and you're in cruise control at this point or what? Um, my routine is doing nothing and being very bored and, depressed and just watching a lot of TV and feeling like, okay, see where this goes. So I figure I feel about as good as anyone else does in this right. pandemic, you know? Did you enjoy the, the bright eyes release persona non grata? I did. I was, when they announced their tour, the New York dates, I think were during like, either a Rays or a Red Sox series or something that I could not skip. Actually, it may have been the Twins. And so then early on in the pandemic, I was like, okay, well, at least the schedule will probably change. Maybe I'll be able to see Bright Eyes. And I was an absolute idiot because we will apparently never go to large gatherings, let alone concerts or baseball games again. Okay. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Just couch concerts. Has he been going live on Instagram at all? Every Every day I look at... Night, I look at my Instagram, it's just bands playing yeah. live. Just like 10 at a time. I'm like, I don't I don't know what's going on. And then I clicked through one, and then I found one that only had like 20 people watching. I was like, oh, my God. That's sad. But that's the future of music. Yes, so. How was the call with Cashman today? Was that the first time that all the beat reporters got together and spoke with him since you guys broke camp? I wouldn't say that we all got together and spoke with him. A couple of people asked questions. We did conference call with him uh, maybe a week or two weeks after uh, everything shut down. I think when the first minor leaguer tested positive, but then that's about it. It's just been very quiet. So it was, it was fine. It was uh, good. Brendan Cuddy was a coward and would not turn on his video. Um, wow. Mm, okay. Yeah. Big coward. Noted. Um, yeah, you know, we got some updates and we got to hear more about 
Cash's memories of being a Dodgers bat boy and whatnot. So what? Wait. So who? How does that get scheduled? Does like Zillow like all right time to give? Oh no! It was um it was like a charity thing. Okay. Uh, for the for oh, the general that's public, right. yeah, yeah, we yeah. paid twenty five dollars for yeah, and then we all just crashed it like assholes. But we did pay the twenty five dollars. Ah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that was, that was probably a miss on our end, Jim. Yeah, my bad. I thought it was just you know. Yeah, no. Uh sometimes. Well anyway, what's the uh, what was the was like the judge news? Cash kind of dropped the bomb that he didn't expect him to be healthy until summer anyway, which we had never known that that was Cashman's mindset, right? No. I mean, it's all been it's all been really vague and I think really just dependent on how Aaron feels and how the you know, scans look or whatever, you know, Cash I'm sure he said this before, but he said today that it's a difficult thing to get to healed because there's not a lot of blood flow there. It's like, remember like early on when he was first shut down from hitting, it was because he was having like a collarbone issue or something like that. So the rib is actually like up here. It's like a really tiny one. So I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, he... Aaron trained through it this winter. And so I think this is, you know, the timeline cash gave is probably about the standard or something like that. But I don't know. It's crazy to me that, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) it's like, how could you trust any of their timelines? If now, like two months later, like, yeah, we didn't expect him now anyway. Like, well, you didn't tell us that two months ago. So. Yeah. I think they, Remember when, well, of course, we remember when uh, he was hit on the wrist by Jacob Junis and mm-hmm. they kept giving us like week by week updates and timeline kept changing. And I think there's a little bit of sense of like, you know, going forward, let's not put timelines or pressure on Aaron so that things change. So, yeah, that was a nightmare. Uh, it's, I, not, it's not great. I remember yeah. Judge saying, like, well, I, I, mean, I don't want to do this again. It was like three yeah, weeks it's, and it's not good from a reporting. Yeah, it's supposed to be three weeks and then you know the the vague you know, talk about the rib is not good from a reporting purpose, but also I get it. I can't really ask a rib when it's gonna be done healing, so just gotta get the bit. blood flowing up there. Hang upside down, do something something like that. Maybe. Thanks. Maybe so. we're not doctors, but it could nice. work. Tiny, tiny rib on a giant man. How about that? What, um, uh, I guess what other, well, honestly, a question that's burning through my head, and I, I'm not sure if other pictures of the Zoom have leaked out, but did it seem like Cashman had moved on to his summer wardrobe? Because I feel like we've seen Cashman, and it's been a lot of a, autumnal and winter kind of flannels and puffy things. Has, is, has it seemed like he's moved on? to the 2020 season or is, does he need baseball to move his wardrobe forward? You know, I think in spring, cause it was like kind of weirdly cold in Florida um, for a while, you know, he was doing a lot of very cashman, like gray sweatshirts, you know, kind of tote pants, you know, uh, Navy shoes type of thing. So it was, yeah. a, it was a lot of the very like casual cashman that really only he can get away with because he has nothing left to prove in his job yes. as general manager, so he can wear whatever the hell he wants. Um, yeah, he was wearing a collared shirt today. 
Okay. Um, sources said that Brendan Cuddy also put on a collared shirt to participate in this, but um, okay. Guess, my my sources say he was. Yeah, power. I heard he was shirtless. So. Well, then, then, then my opinion on the uh, on camera date kind of changes. <laughs> Maybe he was wearing his talking yank shirt, and he was just embarrassed to show the beat writers and the whole community, how big of a fan he is of talking Yanks. It's true. I mean, it's always better to just like play a pool and not be the guy who wears like the band shirt to the concert. So Cashman, it would be funny if Cashman showed up just disheveled, like a shell of a man, just like, you know, a beard and a patchy head. <laughs> Completely broken. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd get that win with the fans, man. That's yeah. kind of my shtick. He did say he was optimist, optimistic that baseball would come back. Did it feel like kind of like a throwaway, um, like just like a, a non-answer, but has to keep spirits high? Or did, did you get the vibe that Cashman actually thinks, you know, there's optimism about this agreement? I, I think there is a lot of optimism. Um, I think now that things have finally kind of gotten rolling and MLB at least seemed like they had a proposal that they were ready to take to the players, I think I think I know it. Cash knows it that you know there there is a desire on both sides to get back to it. So you know the thing is like I don't know what other clubs may have dealt with in terms of like, you know, players or staff testing positive for Corona that maybe just they didn't, you know, release publicly, but, you know, going through that with two players and a staff member this spring, you know, like I know that Cash has really talked with the like Florida Department of Health based in Hillsborough, Borough County. And so I know that he's really kind of, he's heard a lot about this. So yeah, I would buy it. All right. Are you hopeful that, let me start over. Are you excited for no fans in the stadium and just the just the beat reporters and none of those lowly fans and you guys just can be king of the kingdom? No, because, okay. um, you know, like when I'm working, I'm watching the game, I'm keeping score, and I'm also writing, and then I'm also, like, gossiping. So, actually, uh, you know, fans and crowd noise kind of help keep me engaged on what's going on and um and it's just it's just different i mean you know the thing that like zach Britton said about that game in baltimore that was empty was that you know you could hear everything and to an extent like okay so that's why i kind of like going to games on the south side even though the press box is terrible and it's on the right um it's on the first baseline but for whatever reason, even like when there's fans there, you can actually hear, you can hear, you know, Abreu saying, you know, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, you can hear the bullpen phone ringing. And so I kind of like being able to hear more of those like actual playing noises. But um, I don't know. The, the idea of like covering like a Yankees Red Sox series with nobody there to like, shout expletives or get arrested or anything like that just seems a little bit. Well, I was going to say, do you, do you think that makes Tommy Canely more of a weapon for this potential upcoming season? Because he will just talk so much that the other players will get distracted. I mean, I think maybe Sterling's the secret weapon. Because if, if, if the opposing players can hear Sterling, he doesn't let, let, 
go sometimes. Like he's, you know, I mean, I think he called Vogel Vogel back on Seattle. I think he just called him fat every time he came to the bat. <laughs> it was like this guy's big, looks like a college softball player. <laughs> like that was what he was saying. So I think maybe Sterling's the secret weapon for a silent stadium at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, They'd hear the yeah. home run calls. Well, Susan, this guy hasn't had success in 17 games. Yeah, yeah. Dreadful series. Hey, that would that would be a great three. That'd be a great two thirds way through the season. And like, what's the Yankees secret sauce this year? And it's an 83 year old man <laughs> insulting the players on the field just loud enough so they can hear it. So, again, we'll take uh, author credit for that article when you write it. I mean, I haven't had live baseball in two months. I will literally add anything to my potential story idea list at this point. So, yeah. What about yes. if a foul ball comes to the press box? You guys all get scared. A shriek mm-hmm. is let out, but the audience at home doesn't know who did it. And then mm. you got to be like, it was Cuddy. That could be a fun development. It could be. It could be. I mean, you know, I don't think we'll be in. I wouldn't expect that we would be in Baltimore, but that press box is like close enough that like, and Gleyber Torres is like fouling them off right before he sends one like 500 feet. Like you can, you can get a fair number of foul balls in the Baltimore press box. So it could happen. What do you think about the new travel schedule? If this does happen, and I don't even know if you guys would be traveling with the team, but the, the proposal says that Yankees would be playing only East coast divisional teams. So like the national league East and the American league East, does that check off some boxes of ballparks that like you want to spend more time in? Or areas you want to go? I mean, I think it's... Okay, so let's pretend that for some reason they're doing this regional thing, but it's not because of the pandemic. Like, okay. All right. I could... Boston. You could take Amtrak, too. Uh, obviously, the Mets are across the street. Philly, you can take Amtrak, too. Baltimore, you can take Amtrak, too. And Washington, D.C., you can take Amtrak, too. And, like... Beat writers love being able to take the train instead of plane, or at least I do, because as we all know, flying is a pain in the ass. And so I would be down for that. But my expectation is like Georgia will be open and we'll want the Braves to play games at Sun whatever park. But then like the Yankees and Mets will be in Florida, the Blue Jays will be in Dunedin or whatever, like I don't want to spend more time at spring training ballparks, but I do really like Philly. I would, I would like to add Philly to the rotation. Okay. That's a nice ballpark. I like that place. Is hoax still hold up in Florida? Yeah. They just decided to stay. They're just Floridians now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is any players still down there? Do you know? I know like Gumby was down there for a while. Yeah. I mean, some of them live down there. I think, I mean, it seems like maybe DJ is down there, but I'm not quite sure. It seems like there are still guys working out at the complex and like, you know, Marcus is still there and whatnot. So it's kind of a boring, kind of a ghost town. That would suck. I mean, yeah, DJ was still going to hit. We, we heard, you know, you're hearing rumors that if this goes 
if they play or they don't play, that next year free agency is going to be light and all the money and all the deals are going to be very low. And teams that, um, like teams like the Yankees that are just a revenue, the only revenue comes from the Yankees, might be hit hard. So here's the story, is what the hell is free agency like for the Yankees next year if they can't spend big? Because they lose all their pitchers. It would be Garrett Cole, Montgomery, like Clark Schmidt, David Garcia, Mike King. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't really know how the situation with J-Cap's contract will work. Um, I assume he would just have to make the pro-rated. Pro-rated, yeah. But then does he make the full, like, $17 million? I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Naka, Paxton, you know, both of those guys, able to walk. I mean, I just feel bad like James Paxton has been trying for a long time to get to free agency. Um, he'll be like, I think, about 31, 32, and he's <laughs> going into a market where he probably isn't able to actually show you know, what other teams would want to see. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's I keep trying to, you know, write this out in mailbags and Q&As and whatnot, but I just feel like it is so entirely, you know, player-specific, you know, position-specific. Like, I think DJ is the top infielder hitting the free agent market, but I could also see DJ working out an extension or going back to the Yankees in free agency. So it's like, I just think a lot of it will come down to what guys personally prefer. I think, you know, I've heard about this in my mailbag today, but, you know, sort of Yankees related, like, Edie Gregorius took a one-year deal in Philly to try to, like, reset things after, you know, coming back from Tommy John. And, like, that is a bad break for him. A bad, bad yeah. break. Yeah. It's a, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, just, uh, if, if people, some of our listeners kind of don't, don't fully grasp the concept, like you're saying where Paxton's at, I mean, his, his final 10 starts or whatever it was last year, or he, go, he finishes last year, 10 and oh, he's shoving, uh, he has the nice playoff start as well. Um, it is insane to think about if let's say we do get the half season this year and if, if James Paxton pitches really well again and Hey, who knows? There's a cure. Baseball finds money. It's rejuvenated the country and the sport. Um, like James Paxton would be in line for a free agency payday. That would be, I mean, you know, we're talking potentially hundreds of millions of dollars where, uh, if baseball goes missing this year and, or if it's a short season and he's coming off an injury now, uh, and it's not up to what his level is. Uh, again, I think people get lost when we start doing the millionaires, billionaires thing, but like it, it's such life altering stuff. It's, uh, I mean, it's tough to get in these guys' headspace right now. Yeah. I mean, sure. James Paxton has made, I don't think he made 12 million in arbitration this year. Like, yeah. Okay. He made that money, but like he's also spent, 10 years waiting for the right to control where he plays. You know, he was 
initially drafted in 09 and then when you know went and played indie ball and then came in and then was up and down and it's like he's waited a long time to be able to you know kind of reach that market rate compensation and really pitch where he wants to and this is what you run into and you know i don't know if teams are going to feel comfortable doing long-term deals but like you know, PAX is also a really big union guy. Like, I don't know that a guy who has worked really hard to set, um, you know, to to foster, like, you know, increasing the precedent for players to get paid. I don't know if that's the type of guy who's going to take a one-year reset deal, maybe with New York, maybe, you know, somewhere else. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's really going to come down to performance and really – personal preference hmm. what about uh like brett gardner what's what are what are the stipulations surrounding his option and deal i forget them is he it's, a lock or does he so, need to hit numbers no half, half is the one who has the vesting option and then gardner i think is just a straight team option he did a mill with a two million buyout so. something like that so they're probably just gonna opt in and have him come back I would guess think, so. I yeah, mean, would, it, unless they really were nickel and diamond and just running like Talkman and Clint out there uh, and all the young guys. Man, it's going to be insane to see how this un- unravels. It's nuts. You'll have a lot to write about once this does. Have you thought about all the stories that can happen at the drop of a hat? Like, you know, because right now I feel like everyone's scraping to try and build their podcast, to get an episode or get a story out. And like, as soon as this deal's done, it's going to be a flood of like, okay, there's so many different weaves of this, like fabric of this deal. Yeah. I thought not necessarily about, not necessarily about specific stories, but really about how I want to cover it because look, I want baseball back and my job and the career I've spent six years building uh, depends on baseball coming back. And I would love to, at least say, well, at least I have something to do three hours every day. Um, but I am just worried about the idea of kind of valorizing it while other parts of the country are really kind of hitting the peak and there's just a lot of suffering and tragedy. And I am trying to think about how to honor the fact that, you know, it is, it, it, it would be a welcome distraction, you know, especially if you're a fan and your team is good, like it makes you feel good. There's a lot of um, value to it, but it's also, you know, if if spring training too starts in mid-June and the season starts in July, like the pandemic's not going to be over. It's not going to be contained. We're not going to be on the other side of it. They're just going to be playing baseball through a pandemic. And so I thought really a lot about what this season what the season means and, you know, really thinking about making sure that when I do get the chance to write about, you know, live baseball again, the, the tone and the context I take is something that, you know, in five to 10 years that I can look back and be like, okay, I didn't just like paper over a pandemic and pretend that, you know, baseball's back, everything's good. So I haven't thought about specific stories because it just feels like everything's so up in the air, but just larger. 
Yeah. And that's kind of like, I mean, say this complimentary, that's your brand anyways, the humanity of the sport and the people that play it anyway. So, I mean, that's, yeah, the, probably. that's, the, that's the coverage I would expect from you, which is cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I was going to say, and I won't talk about the humanity of your, your writing, Lindsay. Um, I, I will say if we do, and, and I was, I was going to go the other end of this because we, we kind of did the Paxson thing. It got a little low there for a second, but it was real. What about the other end of this? And like, let's say we're getting excited and, um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Some people aren't going to be able to come to grips if there's baseball at any point this year and, and they might be right. Um, like that's how it goes down. But what if at the back end of this and we're talking, you know, expanded playoffs and some of the fun stuff and it was already a conversation in Yankees land a little bit. And now with an expanded roster, I think there could be some fun stories. And I don't know if it's if anything you've mulled yet or if there's any guys that jump out that you're like, ooh, it'd be really nice if Ben Heller has a nice season. Like, I, I, I don't know if any of those guys that fall in kind of that 25 to 32 dudes on the roster uh, have any of those kind of been in the back of your head? Like if we do this, like, um, you know, I, Monty would be a cool story. Uh, Heller, like he's, he's been hurt a lot. Clint, if he gets full run on the team, uh, do any, any of those guys jump out or anyone else I I'm not mentioning? I think they're in a really interesting position because like you look at baseball players broadly, they're all in, you know, there's, there's divisions between the situations, you know, like Eric Cole's comfortable. Eric Cole, I mean, if he wanted to, he could say, no, I want to sit the season out. I mean, if he didn't have a long-term deal. But, like, if you're Clint, if you're Ben Heller, if you're Jordan Montgomery, and you were, you know, busting ass in spring to begin with, like, this is not only an opportunity for you, it's an opportunity that you really sort of can't think twice about. And so I think it's just really interesting to... think about the way that teams will have to kind of find playing time for all of these guys too. Like, you know, obviously Clint has had really inconsistent playing time and, you know, Ben Heller has been injured and whatnot. So kind of like the idea of um, them just, just kind of the, um, the arrangement of it all. That that's, we were talking about that because they have, what we like to call them just punt days, you know, or they just, you know, like a double header. But if it's an 82 game season, every game matters way more than 162 game. So in, in turn, it's harder to throw, to use, you know, all 30 guys or whatever you have available. But then like you're saying, like if Clint and these guys just get completely stashed, that's kind of so shitty for them. It'd be a really interesting balance to see, if they roll like let's win every game, A plus lineup, go all out, or when they, you know, does forty get get run, Wade, Clint, it'll be. A, I think the Yankees will still give them a lot of run because that seems to be like what they've done the last two years is rest days and off days and you know all that good stuff. But it'll be interesting. It would suck if Clint like I should use not use Clint if if Wade and Ford get so excited that baseball's back and then they just ride the bench for 80 games. I mean, I think at least early on, like, you know, teams are going to be really worried about injury. So I think at least early on, we will see 
downtime for regulars. And, you know, earlier on when they were kind of proposing like a lot of double headers and whatnot, it was, that was really interesting. That obviously created playing time for someone like Miguel Andumar, who is now kind of in a like flexible position role. And so I think even if it is an 80 game season, I think at least for the first month or so, we'll still see a lot of playing time for, for, for non-starters, for non-regulars. And Jim, I, I'll get you a little more excited with a positive spin, because that's what I do, is that maybe we'll see more uh, guys doing things they're asked to do, like maybe in the eighth inning uh, when you would probably not pinch run for Luke Voigt after a walk. Maybe Wade's automatic because you've got Ford on the bench and you've got other guys. So may, maybe we see kind of a slightly different brand of specialized baseball where these guys can show off what they do. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I like the thought. Thanks, guys. Maybe it's a five-run game and after seven you switch out a bunch of people. You know, you get a lot of mid-game replacements because the benches are deeper. Be interesting. I'm sure Booney and Co. would have a lot of fun with that. So I have, a, I have a really big question for you, Lindsay. Okay. How did you celebrate Jeff Passon Day? Um, when was <laughs> Jeff Passon Day? Same as every year. May every 13th. Year. Okay, well, hold on. Um, I, let's see. So remember that first KBO night where the game started in a rain delay and then Jeff graced us with his presence in like third inning and he was wearing a suit? Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I, I torched him and it was like 3 a.m. <laughs> but I said that he was doing eyewash by wearing a suit to cover or to talk about a KBO game in the middle of the night. And he texted me the next morning or no, that morning, 2.44 a.m., Holy shit, I would have expected you to at least give me a few final words before you murdered me. So <laughs> he, he, wore, <laughs> he wore a suit on here too. <laughs> yeah, he, he told me that his wardrobe is kind of binary, so he's just gonna stick with suits. But um yeah, I, I celebrate Jeff Passing Day every day by destroying him. Are there any pictures? Have we seen is there like Jeff Passing at like a pool party or anything? Or has he only been seen in suit? Because uh, now I have a mission. I mean, I'm not specifically looking for photos of passing at a pool party, but like, oh, go for it. Guess what I'm? Guess what I'm googling right now? Jeff passing pool party. Jeff passing pool party. That's gonna be great. That's good stuff. I mean, too. so between like the four of us, it's like four, five foot four. Legends. Yeah. 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 A lot of short, a lot of short people. That's where you find out about the baseball, the winter meetings. Yeah. Uh, are you under six foot? You're a writer. Are you over six foot? Yeah. Oh, this guy's probably a player or a manager. Some yeah. Good stuff. Have you been tuning into KBO and, and, uh, CPBL? Not so much. I haven't um, at all. Yeah. I've just been, been watching. Maybe, well, no, because that first night the game was on at like 1 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. But then since then it's been 5 a.m. Okay, well, I've been I going they... to sleep at 
they have like a yeah. mix. They'll they'll do that night game and then they'll have a wake up game. Um, but yeah, it's not. I don't know. I don't know if they're doing every other or how they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, I should check out the you know like the one a.m. game, but like I'm falling asleep at like three a.m. right now, so I'm not getting up at five. What shows are you watching? I rewatched Succession. Oh, um, nice. yeah, I rewatched most of The Crown, and I am catching up on The Good Fight. Did you enjoy the third season of The Crown? Booney said that he couldn't get into it because it's the new characters and the new people. You know, Susan actually said something similar to me. Um, okay, show yeah. up. <laughs> Boone didn't say it to me. He said it to our to Ryan Ruka. <laughs> oh, Susan mentioned that. I bet, Lindsay. Yeah. You know, ladies stick together. But, um, okay. yeah, I mean, it's fine. I like the show enough It. <laughs> I like that it's like very slow moving and kind of makes kind of like screws with my like perception of time. So it's like a, it's a history book acted out, which I like, but I can totally see where like someone being like, I can't watch that. That's so slow and boring. I'd be like, yeah, fair, fair, but I love it. Yeah. I really love, well, now that I've seen it all the way through, like the first time I watched it, I like watched the first season or no. Yeah, I like watched the first season and then I went back and Wikipedia at everything. And then I watched the second season and I went back and Wikipedia at everything and so on. But now that I've seen it all the way through, I can just Wikipedia it while I'm watching it instead of worrying about spoilers about literally British monarchy history. Yeah, we watch it very similarly. I do the same exact thing. Go watch the actual footage from what they're like recording and stuff. Jake, you'd like the crown. You'd probably hate the crown, Jake. It's so slow. It's tough. I mean, slow has never been my thing. Um, uh, slow is fine for me. That's kind of my speed. But like, I, I don't know. I I just I don't think I'd be getting into the actual facts of it. No, you're not a researcher at all. No, I'm, I don't like information. I don't like um, I'm 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 having some dark days. Um, my back's been hurt, Lindsay. Thank you for your thoughts and prayers. Um but yeah, like I, I'm getting in this bad sports cycle where like I'm watching whatever old game is actually on, whether it's ESPN or MLB Network. And the part that sucks, and, and that's fine. Like if that's how I have to cope, that's okay. Um, but now I'm saying stuff like like the dog will need to go outside and I'll be like, ah, ah, let me wait till halftime at least. And it's like this game happened five years ago. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm uh, a lot of highs and lows of this damn pandemic. Yeah, what are the like, highs? I'm kind of impressed that you're like recreating that. Like, okay, I have to take the dog out at halftime feeling instead of right? like, okay, I'll just take the dog out now. But as someone who is really tired of taking the dog out during the pandemic, like you might just be fascinated by that. I went for a walk today in uh, Manhattan where I live and it was just, we were the only people walking that didn't have a dog on a leash. Like it's just, everyone just has to walk their dog all the time, I guess. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. That'll, that'll change for you. That'll change for Jimmy's getting a dog. Did you, I don't know if you saw that on Jeff Paston day, but. I did not. It was officially re- reported by Jake, Jeff Paston story. Uh, I'm getting a Wheaton Terrier. That was my family dog. 
we like Wheaton Terriers. They're really calm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. I think we'll let you go. Are you going to tune into the Rob Manfred meeting? I guess so. Probably have to, right? Yeah, I'll just tune into your Twitter because I don't want to watch that. I'd like rather watch YouTube, but I'll probably get in five minutes. So who's on the panel? Tell Jake. Jake, listen to this panel. It's Manfred. Um, um, it's such a weird crew. It's super weird. Okay, it's Manfred. Former Kathleen Sibilis. Yeah. Greta Thunberg. And Greta. And former HHS secretary. Greta Thunberg yeah. and, and Rob Manfred. <laughs> I mean, uh, so the fact that none of the four here i'll i'll throw in producer big baby david got invited to be on that panel i find a little insulting um bullshit damn that's a they're airing that on tv live (laughs) yeah cnn with anderson cooper (laughs) oh god what's wrong with the world mama um, yeah, so do you, anything we need to hype for us, Lindsay? Do you want? I, I know you you do your mailbags. Do we need do we need our fans to send in mailbag questions for you or anything like that? Sure, send in mailbag questions. Subscribe the athletic. Like, don't be an asshole and like replies. Like, whatever. It's cool. Okay. Don't don't be send, an asshole. Yes, yeah, that's number one request. Recommendations. Yeah. Well, subscribe to the athletic. Send YouTube recommendations. Don't be an asshole. Do you ever get into drain declogging videos on YouTube? <laughs> no, but I did watch a uh, restoring a rusty knife video the other day. Ooh. <laughs> I, I went See, down I the that. I went down the that. drain declogging videos, and it's it's like sanitation workers in like a count and town, like a sewer's backed up, and they just snake it for like a mile to find whatever's blocking it, and then when it's done being blocked, it's like a it's like a water just flying everywhere. It was wild. It was like one half hour session of my life that I still remember. I haven't gone back and watched any after that session, but yeah, type in drain declogging videos. Maybe you'll have some fun there. Do you guys ever watch the uh, power washing videos on Instagram? Those are amazing. A power, power washers are amazing. Like my dad, we would rent one and use it on the, the driveway and the sidewalks. They're just like magic. Those things are nuts. Oh, yeah. Okay. We covered all the essentials. We finally got to power washing. Thank you very much for sitting down and talking with us. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, Lindsay Adler. We'll see you when baseball's done. We're going to sneak into the stadium when spring training's happening at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see you then. (laughs) (laughs) I really just want to be able to cover baseball at this point, so Uh, sure. yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Lindsay. You go back to back. <laughs> belly to belly. What is this Sterling trip? I have another Sterling clip that maybe I'll start using as a transition. I don't know what it is. Well, Susan, in life, unfortunately, all good things come to an end. <laughs> that should be the end of the interview. Yeah. Drop. Okay. Well, I'm officially yeah. changing that. Write that down, David. So Lindsay's watching drain clogging videos as we talk right now. Right. Because those are amazing. Some sad stuff with a lot of the Yankees players that, uh, I mean, I'm sure every team has guys like this, but yeah, the Yankees have a good amount. Paxton. DJ. Yeah, and I, 
it, it probably it probably is more I'd, I'd say a little more so on the Yankees because I mean they you know they do build a lot of their team they can do more around free agents and trades and things like that with veteran players uh, where a lot of teams are younger so I think that's where you find more of these situations but uh yeah I, I mean it's crazy to think about and and we we've talked about this a lot on on talking baseball um, and you know the the owners and players are going at it, and you want to be mad at players for collecting only part part of their millions. You want to be mad at owners, blah blah blah. Do whatever you want, but um, either way, like just step in their shoes. And I, that James Paxton example, um, so much of his <laughs> upcoming, you know, sixty years left on this planet, Paxton's gonna live forever. Big maple tree. Um, like are going to be dictated by what happens in the next like two weeks, four months. Um, and that's, uh, that's pretty insane. Pretty crazy. All right. Well, we'll do uh voicemails on Tuesday. So call in over the weekend with, uh, all your beer takes. It's, uh, what is the phone number? BBD eight, four, five, nine, seven, five, seven, nine, two. 908-845-5792. I always forget the 908. I used to have this memorized. I don't anymore. Thank call you for hanging in, out. Uh, yeah. Call, call in, maybe. G- give me some of that. Give me a reason to get excited about Ben Heller's 2020. That's that's what day of the pandemic I'm in. You just want a whole show of Ben Heller calls. Like, let get the Heller voicemails rolling. Heller high water, baby. Okay. Everyone call in. Ben Heller voicemail day on Tuesday. <laughs> gonna be gonna be a riot. <laughs> Go Yanks. Tell them Grams. Go Yankees. Why don't we just get Ben Heller on? <laughs> we should have him on for Ben Heller voicemail day. Yeah. <laughs>